This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 855-453. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their websites, Go ahead and head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. You can control the content. You submit different items to the site. Others vote on them. The most voted up make it to the front page in the top of the site. And that means more people will see what it is that you think is important. We'll probably see it. Maybe we're more likely to talk about it on the air as a result. So once again, head to freetalklive.com. Get interactive here. Uh, Ian and Mark with you as always at 855-450-FREE. I guess not always because I'm not here every night of the week, only six nights of the week. As most always. Almost all the time. Uh, and so the, tonight, you've brought something to the table, Mark, that you say is shocking. And I wonder, is it more shocking than someone setting themselves on fire? I don't know. I, it sounds, yeah, someone setting themselves on fire is pretty shocking. Let's, let's see. I wanna, we'll talk about the guy setting himself on fire here first, and then we'll see what you've got that's shocking okay. about a baby being stolen, I think, right? Yep. All right. Uh, we'll get to that here. Of course, your calls as well. 855-450-FREE. I've been talking about this uh, for the last couple of days and haven't actually gotten a chance to get to it. So here we go. From India, Inc. at uh, the New York Times. To, uh, a protest march in New Delhi took a dramatic turn after a Tibetan exile self-immolated Monday afternoon. From head to toe, he was full of fire, said Dorji Teston, the national director for Students for a Free Tibet, who witnessed the act. And she wasn't the only one who witnessed it. The photo here is... Uh, pretty graphic uh, it shows him still on his feet while engulfed in flames uh, walking down the middle of the street surrounded by people carrying tibetan flags and a number of folks wow. uh, with cameras pretty intense uh now the exile jampa yeshi who's believed to be 26 years old set himself on fire at jantar mantar the site of frequent protests 12:25 in the afternoon shortly after a tibetan rally made its way back from ramalia maiden another popular ground for political demonstrations in new delhi the protesters were agitating against the india visit of hu jintao the chinese president chinese, right. for the brics summit an economic meeting of brazil russia india china and south africa later this week leaders of tibetan groups said mr yeshi had not told anyone he planned to set himself on fire he said uh, one of them said that it's not planned by any organization uh, and that they appreciate his courage however mr yeshi was rushed to the hospital minutes after setting himself ablaze witnesses said that he was severely burned and his scorched flesh with was peeling off of course it was mr yeshi set himself afire behind one of the gates at jantar mantar and then streaked past the podium in a ball of fire and crumpled under the tree on a road in front of the protesters they said the police and tibetan activists then rushed forward with clothes and water to douse the flames he was shouting i was in shock there were women crying said a witness it was very emotional i don't know what it what it would lead to in the coming days activists said that mr yashi who left tibet a couple of years ago self-immolated while inder singh nabhari a minister in the lower house of parliament was speaking at the podium at about, about the high number of self-immolations in tibet over the past year approximately 30 tibetans in tibet have set themselves ablaze to wow. protest chinese rule in tibetan areas now so the tibetans have taken this sort of peaceful resistance kind of uh, stand against china's you know, assumption that they rule them, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think that it's interesting uh, to, to see, you know, what how is this going to work? This kind of, uh, you know, non-cooperative, uh, uh, you know, some defiance mm-hmm. to this, you know, 
what Americans are going to look at as a pretty tyrannical uh, governmental organization. The Chinese mean? The Chinese. So, you know, how's how's it going to work? And frankly, when you look at the cost and lives, uh, civil resistance always, almost always is, uh, you know, less than armed resistance is going to be. That makes in the cost sense. of lives. And, but, but somebody from, has to be willing to give up their own at that point. Obviously, I mean, from a personal cost standpoint, this is an incredibly uh, dangerous uh, act. And yeah, sure. They point out here that of the 30 people who have set themselves ablaze, 22 have died. And I don't imagine life is pretty peachy for the remaining eight. No, I can't imagine. So I, I, <laughs> there's probably days that you just think it would have been better if I'd uh, if you wouldn't have put me out. Thanks. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so th- this is, you know, this is fascinating to me because it really shows to the extent to which some people are willing to go to protest. I mean, this is the most probably the penultimate, the most extreme, I think, that I can that I can think of form of protest I've ever come across. Can you promise me now that you're never going to do this? Well, I, I think that would be a terrible idea, Mark. I would think it would be a terrible I idea, I don't too. know under what cir- circumstances I would do this, but I can't say I promise you I wouldn't. <laughs> You're such a weirdo. Well, well, I mean, if you think about it, I come from the perspective of having been pretty angry in the past, and uh, usually that anger leads to thoughts about violence, and that's, what I, that's who I used to be. I'm not that person today. Uh, but if I were pushed to the point of uh, extreme frustration and just... I don't know what, what what point these guys get to. Hopelessness? I mean, they must still have hope for the movement, obviously. But Well, I think that they uh, think to themselves – I mean, I'm just guessing what I, what I would think is is that you know my life is most valuable. This cause is so important to me, and my life will be best used in, in this circumstance by setting myself on fire. I, my, I have no voice. People do not listen to me. The international press could care less right. what's going on with me. The only way that I'm going to get any kind of attention for what is important to me is to set myself on fire. It's really it's 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 hard to even imagine it, right? It's that's one. It's it's hard to put oneself in uh, in those shoes mm-hmm. uh, because we're oppressed over here, but obviously not in the same way as people in other places around the the country. Yeah, when you're the, talking the about oppression in other countries, uh, you know, the physical oppression that goes on in other countries, and then, you know, you can't even use the term oppression in the uh, to refer to what goes on in the United States. I mean, it's it's oppression, certainly in the greater, uh, you know, umbrella of Well, right, of, it's oppression in oppression. that we're not free, and they're not free. It's just that uh, we have a little bit more, probably, choice and freedom than they do. Or a lot more. I mean, the yeah. co- more, it's a lot more comfortable. Right. I don't know about choices, but comfort. So, and, and it's also interesting to look at this issue, not just from the perspective of, the, you know, the human story and what pushes somebody this far and why they would, uh, would make a choice like this and what's, you know, what's going on in their mind, what's behind it, but also to look at uh, the press coverage as well. This is getting international press coverage. And I don't know if Thomas Ball got the same kind of press coverage I don't think they do, know. The guy sets himself on fire in Keene, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Over fathers' rights issues, and it is just snuffed, snuffed. Right, and he had gotten to the point where he was really frustrated. He was looking at jail time. Uh, in fact, he had a jail. He had a uh, a court appointment that was just coming up imminently, and he mm-hmm. set himself ablaze out front of that very courthouse that has been had been ruling his life for the the last decade. He had been pushed to the point where he really decided that he 
couldn't deal with it anymore. I mean, right. he still had kids that it, he could have seen at some point, perhaps in the future, but he decided that it was better to, to make a statement. And it shows the inherent sort of bias inside the media, I mm-hmm. feel like. Because if this had been a woman setting herself on fire over domestic abuse, an issue that just has all kind of fervor, because I'm afraid, you know, sadly, this father's right thing is a sexually charged issue. Mm-hmm. So if it would have been a woman uh, setting herself on domestic abuse, which setting herself on fire over domestic abuse, which is also a sexually charged issue. But frankly, they found out it's 70 uh, percent of the cases, uh, you know, the women are vo- involved. It's a fight, not a um, not an abuse situation mm-hmm. often. Um, it's an unfair fight a lot of times, but you never you never know. And just to make assumptions based on short news stories doesn't really work out. It would have been a lot more press coverage for the woman than there has was for Thomas Ball, right. in my opinion. Thomas Ball, uh, the man that set himself ablaze here in Keene, New Hampshire, is where we do this radio program in front of the courthouse. He got coverage locally, of course. That's to be expected. But outside of the Keene area, there really wasn't much else in the news. I mean, he may have gotten a mention on WMUR, the local TV station in New Hampshire. That's local. But nothing really outside of the immediate region. And the same thing happened to the the person who set themselves ablaze prior to Thomas Ball. I went and I looked and I thought to myself, well, how often does this happen? Because you certainly don't hear about it very often. And I re- if I'm recalling correctly, the last time it happened prior to Thomas Ball that I could find was – I think it was Portland. Someone said – Portland, Oregon. Okay. Someone set themselves ablaze. I think it was 2006. I could be misremembering something there, but it was you know, about five years prior or, t- or uh, six years prior, someone set themselves on fire mm-hmm. in this country. And I forget what the issue was in that particular case. But that didn't get a whole lot of coverage either. You would think that this would be a little bit more significant when someone yep. makes a choice like that, that the media would follow The U.S. It. doesn't have problems. 855-450-FREE, or those people must be crazy, so let's not talk about them. 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here for you is 855-450-FREE. We're talking about self-immolation. You can comment on that or bring up whatever is on your mind. 855-450-3733. Here tonight with you, it's Ian. And Mark. And we invite you over to the website at freetalklive.com. Lots of archives await you. You can download as many of uh, the episodes of this show as you would like, going all the way back to late 2006. Free at freetalklive.com. If you've got a family, you really should have some kind of energy backup uh, you know, device for situations like you know, natural disasters or whatever. It's a good idea to have something, uh, you know, have something there to provide power in the case of emergency. You know, a lot of people have freezers and refrigerators. Obviously, people have refrigerators, but a lot of people have these backup freezers. There could be $1,000 worth of food in these things. If they go out for six hours a day, you've lost it. Power can go out any time, whether it's ice storms or hurricanes or whatever. 
A good way to do that kind of uh, backing up is the SG-1 solar-powered generating system. Unlike a regular generator, it's constantly paying for itself because it's constantly uh, providing energy to these devices you've taken essentially off the grid. Go find out more at freetalklivesolar.com. It's freetalklivesolar.com. All right, so we will continue here at 855-453 with a little bit more about uh, the situation over in India it's actually happening in New Delhi. Now, it's Tibetans who are protesting. In this case, they're protesting the visit of uh, the Chinese president, who? Who? Jintao who? is his name, yeah. You like that H- joke? H-U. Yeah. <laughs> Who's on first? What? <laughs> uh, all right. So, so they're protesting him, and over the last year, about 30 Tibetans in Tibet have set themselves ablaze to protest Chinese rule in Tibetan areas of them. Uh, many of the monks and nuns, 22 have died. Yesterday, or uh, excuse me, not yesterday, but two days ago, a gentleman named Jampa Yeshi, 26 years old, set himself ablaze during this particular uh, gathering they were having of people, uh, executives and bureaucrats from uh, Brazil, Russia, India, and China and South Africa. He uh, decided to set himself on fire, which actually he chose the same spot as Thupten Ngdop, who did the same thing in 1998. He's actually uh, – Mr. Yeshi is the third protester to self-immolate in uh, in India over this particular I, – I don't know if it's the third protester of all time or the third protester just on this particular issue. But another protester had suffered minor burns. So, so three have self-immolated, one minor burns, two have died because the update on this story – from the Huffington Post is that Jampa Yeshi is now dead as of today, uh, Tibetan exile. I, you know, I don't want to. I, I don't want this to come out wrong, but thank God. I, you know, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to live through After that. After that, there's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I wonder about saving suicides in a lot of cases. People that are attempted suicides. I, I agree with you there. I feel like it was his choice to set himself ablaze. That means he was ready to go out and, and to keep him alive. Is is really? It seems inhumane to me. I mean, to have somebody in that level of, I mean, that's going to be painful when you come to consciousness. If you if you do come sure. to consciousness. Yeah. So Jampel Yeshi set himself uh, – they spell his name differently in this article – set himself alight, and they go on to talk about what were some of the things going on around this because you know, there's obviously things happening in India as well that are worth, uh, worth protesting. And Indian police and soldiers have orders to restrict the movement of New Delhi's Tibetan population, which according to the other story – Just profile the heck out of them, right? According to this other story, there are 120,000 Tibetans living in India. And so they have orders to restrict the movement of New Delhi's Tibetan population while who is in town, according to their uh, police spokesperson, police have actually surrounded the city's Tibetan neighborhoods, erecting barricades and refusing to allow young people to leave except for medical or court appointments under police escort. Hundreds of Tibetan activists have been rounded up including a poet, uh, Tenzin Sundu, who has just finished speaking uh, to had just finished speaking to the Tibetans Women's Association when he was taken into custody under laws that allow what they call preventative detention. Does that sound familiar? Preventative detention? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you referring it to? It sounds like what uh, the U.S. federal government, uh, sounds very similar to the policies that they've granted themselves, the powers that they've granted Recently, themselves. Recently, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they can take you away too if they wanted to. There's no good you. story on it yet, but well, well, I don't know, want maybe, that good story. Right, I, I I think you're right about that observation, but maybe that's simply because the local media hasn't written that story. 
I mean, as we pointed out before, people set themselves ablaze here in this country, and the media just doesn't seem to care. It's like, oh, well, that guy's crazy. Uh, he gets local coverage in the local newspaper, and that's about as far as the story gets out there. So if somebody was disappearing in this country, uh, who would really necessarily know? I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. Hopefully we'll never get that story. But nonetheless, it doesn't mean it's not happening to people, and it certainly is happening in India here in, uh, in New Delhi. This uh, poet was... Uh, was taken because he has a long history of protesting at such events. Activists condemned the crackdown. This action is unlawful, they say, and a complete surrender to the Chinese pressure and the surrender of our own national pride, said one Indian intellectual, Rajiv Vora. Many activists had managed to evade the police cordons and were trying to stage protests across the city. At least a dozen were taken into custody. Wednesday mornings, they tried to reach a United Nations office where they planned to demonstrate. The group said a grand funeral deserving of a martyr is planned for Yeshi in the Tibetan exiled community's headquarters. He's survived by his mother and four siblings. So. It's, it's hard to imagine what drives a person to you know do it. And I mean, it, it is the ultimate sacrifice for whatever cause it is that uh, you're for. And, you know, one wonders what kind of value it is in the sort of the long run when you think about the uh, the Arab Spring. Uh, and, you know, obviously where, you know, history hasn't quite had a chance to, to catch up with us on the Arab Spring. But that uh, guy that self-immolated that essentially started the, the Arab Spring mm-hmm. and you know, there was uh, an immolation that really caused something to happen. But what did it cause to happen? At this point, we don't really know. There's, is there any more freedom in Egypt than there was? Well, no, the military took control, right? Right. Um, I, and I'd then say there probably, were protests again recently, were there not? Yes. Um, and then Tunisia, to some extent, there's you know more freedom. Certainly, the uh, the dictator, the you know, longtime dictator there is gone. But you know, it it's not like you're trading. I'll trade this. For this, and you don't know what you're getting. You know, it's it's just you're self-immolating for whatever's behind door number one, and door number one traditionally hasn't been really that, that great. great. Yeah, it's like a donkey. People get pushed to the edge, though, Mark, and they don't oh, know yeah. what else to do. Sure. And if you've had everything taken from you, if uh, let's you know, again, he had some people that did survive him, but if you, you know, if you've had your family taken from you, your son's been taken from you, your daughter's been taken from you, your wife has been murdered, or you know, if you get to the point where You've got nothing left. This is definitely preferable to blowing some other people up, right? Like setting yourself on fire is a preferable choice to using violence against anyone, in my opinion. And it's that's why I say I think it's the most intense, kind of the uh, the pinnacle, if you will, of the of the sort of protest right. that an individual can engage in. I mean, what uh, the, the really the pa- Palestinians um, have been doing all kinds of sort of violent protests uh, against Israel for a very long time. How's that They're working just, out? terrorists you know so it's not easy to um you know sort of shake loose these giant violent organizations known as government or the state um in wherever they are it's it's really really difficult these people are ensconced they make their living this way they are used to getting what they want the way they want it and they're used to you providing it and shutting up while you do it and when somebody doesn't shut up, they don't like that very much. This toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. You are certainly welcome to, uh, to take control of the airways, bring up anything you want, or comment on the, the issue of uh, self-immolation. Are we going to see more of these in the U.S. over time? And when will more people be pushed to this point? And how many of them does it take to actually create some sort of positive change? Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. 
is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website as well over at freetalklive.com. A lot of features await you there, and you can interact with them for free. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com to find other listeners of the program. It's uh, essentially our message board. And we also post show notes and the stuff that we use on the air. We'll post that over there. So if you want us, uh, to see more about this self-immolation story we've been discussing from over in New Delhi, uh, you can see this uh, as well as the picture that's included with it, which is pretty shocking, uh, over at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. That'll be up a little bit later on. I mean, if you've if you've never seen someone burning in, in real life before... And this, walking down the street. Yeah, this is a pretty intense uh, intense photo. So, again, that'll be up later at bbs.freetalklive.com in the show notes section. Yeah, um, if you're interested in getting a hold of some precious metals, now may be a good time to do it. Uh, a lot of experts are predicting that you, we're going to see a rise in gold and silver. Whether you want it as a hedge against inflation or an investment or barter currency, whatever your reasons for getting gold and silver, you should have it in your possession, not paper, not on paper, not somebody just talking about you've got gold and silver, or, you know, you're buying into some large thing of gold and silver. You should have it in your hands. Best way to do that is go to gold.freetalklive.com. It's gold.freetalklive.com. When you do buy gold there, not only are you going to get some really great rates, but you're going to be helping Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, once again, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Now, Mark, you said you had something shocking uh, to start the show out with here tonight. We started with uh, self-immolation, so tell me what you've got. Well, it looks like the uh, the state's gone after another baby. And this one may be over vaccinations, but it's, you know, the story's a little little murky as to exactly what the, the state's problem is. This is right. from uh, WorldNet Daily at uh, WND.com. Certainly a conservative site, but we at Free Talk Live, we go all over and look for all kinds of different... So uh, did the Huffington Post in the last discussion. That's right. So... I'm going to start here in the middle. It's a longer article, and I just want to get the facts out. Uh, Their baby, whom I will call Annie, was born in the ambulance in the parking lot of Hershey Medical Center, a government hospital in Pennsylvania. Hospital personnel arrived very quickly and took charge of both the baby and the mom. But when Jody asked nurses about her baby, this is the mother, the hospital staff was utterly unresponsive. When they started to uh, give Jody an inject uh, injection, she asked what it was and what it was for, and she they gave her the vague an- answer like uh, it was just to help. And mm. this is sometimes uh, you know it's I can not under- very customer oriented. Yeah, yeah, I can understand why it is that uh, you know these that hospitals are like you know, let's just get this done. We need to do this quickly. Yeah. Time is of the f- essence here. But at the same time, I understand why people want con- you know are concerned about their medical attention for them and their family. Well, I mean, just on a consumer level basis, I mean, if you ask a service provider what they're doing and you're paying them, uh, then they should answer the question. Like, hey, hey what, are you, what are you doing over there, uh, Mr. Auto Repair Guy? Uh, <laughs> hey, whatever. I'd like to have an expl- explanation. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Right. You're not supposed to be back in the, the, the garage. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it that that would be annoying, right, if everybody came up to the so-called experts and uh, demanded they explain every step of, uh, of the process. I, I totally understand that. But on the other hand, I, I think that if somebody asks for an explanation, it, it doesn't hurt to provide it. Customers deserve to know. and Or you should go somewhere else where you can uh, get that information, which, know. of course, with a hospital in a lot of places is difficult to do. In some places, you only have one hospital in the near vicinity. Right. And you're there, you're, and that's where you are. Right. You'd have to travel a, a great distance in some, in some cases to find another one. No doubt, and often the you know the birthing process is very important to to women and families. They want 
what they want around this process and they want it to go the way they want it to go. And, you know, they're, they're hospitals, different hospitals have their way of doing things. They're mm-hmm. going to do it their way. And if you want to do it some other way, you're doing it the wrong way. Like it's the right way and your way is kind of what uh, a lot of times these uh, big medical establishments think. Well, and usually they want you to kind of turn over those decision-making abilities all to them, don't they? I mean, don't you pretty much have to like sign off when you get admitted if you are in the condition in which you can do something like that and then you take whatever they throw at you? Well, I can tell you, um, you know, I know what it's like, for instance, my son, four years old, we're uh, working on getting dressed uh, these days by yourself. And I know I'm an expert getting dressed. Mm-hmm. I've been getting dressed a lot. I've gotten dressed a, a great deal in my life. He hasn't gotten dressed himself very often, and he's got some different ideas about how to go about it. And as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> they stink, right? Like, <laughs> whatever you're doing is wrong. It's slow. It's and Now, I've come to the conclusion that the best way to do this is not by helping him. To some extent, I think he wants help. Help, right. Like he just wants me to help him and I'm not going to do it. it. You know, he's four years old and, you know, you can put your shirt on yourself. Yeah. I know you can do it. I've watched you do it before. Trying and, to manipulate you. Mark. Yeah, it's, it's a certain amount of that. So I just sit there and, you know, if he, if it's time for some coaching, it's time for some coaching. But, you know, there's times when the clock is ticking. Today I had to get to a, a doctor's appointment and, you know, I had set aside a half of an hour to dress to get Jack. yeah right to, for me to get dressed and for Jack to get dressed and it takes me five minutes right um, and then the rest of it you know and he didn't want to do it now if I'm going to stand there and I'm going to coach him through the process then he really has to be on board with that process right mm-hmm. so at some point or another. 15 minutes into this where he wants to play with cars and I'm standing there telling him let's get uh, you know take take your pajamas off or whatever you know <laughs> I'm I'm like okay. I've got to do this. All right, Jack. I'm going to do this if you don't do this. And I'm going to count to five. And he just kind of looked at me like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> you know, I don't know whether he, he didn't offer to help count, it, count which is uh, kind of unusual for him. <laughs> and, you know, we got to five and he wasn't doing anything. So I went ahead and took his clothes off, put new clothes on. And, uh, you know, he was just having a fit by the really? end of this because he wanted to control the situation. Hmm. And you can see this is what it's like. Like, I'm certain that I'm right about controlling this situation. (laughs) I'm positive I am. And he's positive that he has the rights that surround his body. It's going to be fun when uh, when he's a teenager. (laughs) Well, this is how it goes, right? Well, when he's a teenager, you can leave him home when he's uh, screwing Mm, around. Hopefully he doesn't set the place on fire. But, um... You know, I so I uh, and then so he's having a real fit and it's going to be a real problem. He's trying to take his clothing off. I just decided the best way to do this. Let's go put him in the car seat and uh, get him clicked in. Of course, you know, there's here's an here's a you know, the the civil disobedience. I would hate to have video of this particular thing going out on the Internet and, you know, I have to click him in and get him all in the seat. And, you know, he's in there just having a fit, screaming his head off. And I'm sure to some extent this is the, 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 the mentality that's going on with the hospital and the patient. The patient's mm. like, this is me here and I've got my rights and I want to know. And the hospital's Look, lady, like, we're the experts. Right. <laughs> Look, we've done this 100,000 times. There are people lined up behind you. Um, you know, we've got stuff to do and you're just, yeah. you, you know, you're causing problems. 
Well, but it doesn't uh, address – while it all makes sense, it doesn't address the issue of customer service. Sure it doesn't. And uh, in a true marketplace where people are available or bi- other businesses are available to compete and there's not as much of this crazy government regulation stopping them from doing so, then maybe you'd have more service-oriented hospitals. A lot of people will tell you that their experience in a hospital was just a nightmare. That just people didn't oh, yeah. treat them very well. I'm not saying this is the case for everybody. Nope. I think there are a lot of hospital staff that really do care and they do their best. And everybody but, has good days and bad days. Sure. But on the other hand... If somebody just had the opportunity to see me as a dad this morning yeah. at this particular time on the way to the, the doctor's office, they'd say, that's a bad dad. Right. Because the situation was out of control. And it's a bad situation in the first place in hospitals because of the highly regulated environment in which they uh, exist that basically takes away a lot of the market incentives to treat people like customers. I mean, for instance, a good example of this is you can't get prices from most hospitals. No, you can't walk the people in there. don't even seem to know. Right. No. I mean, why should they? They're, it's not their department. You know, that's all that's billing or the insurance uh, department. Mm-hmm. So. You go and you ask for a price, which is a common uh, practice in most retail establishments. You ask for a price, and they look at you with a blank stare. Well, why on earth would you be asking about that? You the one time insurance? I did ask one of these folks uh, this, you know, Jack was being born. Actually, I got bad information. Oh, um, no. They had me take a test. It, they wanted me. She wanted me to take this this uh, advanced test, and I well, asked how much it was. Well, she said, "Well, I'll tell you what. Take this, um, you know, this preliminary test to find out whether you need the advanced test. The preliminary test costs more the, than the advanced test did." There's more coming up here at eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Also, we'll find out what happened with this baby in a moment. Yeah. It's free talk live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number here is 855-453. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, and here with you this evening, it's Ian. And Mark. Once again, 855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, is where you can go to access various features, and they're all free. So you can go there and enjoy those. And also, if you want, support the show. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you can get a free bumper sticker, download some uh, graphics for your website, some high-res graphics you can use to maybe make a T-shirt or something like that. We've got all kinds of stuff over at promote.freetalklive.com. And uh, once again, that's promote.freetalklive.com. We'll get back to the baby-stealing story here in a moment. We'll go to your phone calls first, though. Andrew is listening in Ohio. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Ian and Mark. Hey, Andrew, what's on your mind? Um, I have a question. Uh, I'm I'm pretty liberty-minded, and I've been trying to wrap my mind around this one concept. Do you guys believe that a person should be able to sell themselves off in a contract 
in order to be killed, in order to, say, feed their family or provide their family with more goods or food for the future. So this is kind of the Hunger Games scenario where uh, a person, you know, I, I'm out of work. I'm, a, I'm an out of work. Uh, what's going poorly these days? Uh, the loan broker. And I, you know, my family needs to be fed. So I sell myself to a, a rich bunch of uh, sickos who want to hunt a, uh, you know, fat 40 year old in the woods and um the hunger games wasn't a consensual situation but no, i see but where you're coming I, yes, from yes we're talking about you know kind of putting it putting together the scenario here um and these people would hunt me down and kill me in order and god knows do what after that and the uh, television audience uh, would watch and the people would right. sell ads and then your family would get a cut of the money right you wouldn't even need to be a audience or anything it could be like oh i'm gonna line you up in front of me i'm just gonna shoot you in the head could be some crazy wealthy guy that wants to uh, just execute people. Okay, I see where you're coming from. So the question is, should that be uh, acceptable? Uh, in Indonesia. What's I'm that? sorry, say again, you're a little muffled there. I've heard about that happening in like, Indonesia and Malaysia. So. You, mean people, you mean rich men paying to just murder people? Yeah. Wow. I don't take your word for it. I don't know anything about it, but uh, it's a wide, wide world out yeah, there. I can't imagine why somebody would. I mean, that's a pretty. That's a, it's it seems like a a very short sort of uh, fun thing to do. I mean, you know, if hunting, one can see why somebody would want to hunt an individual because hunting, you know, it's sort of prolonged and you can, you know, if you're into hunting, then it takes a while and there's a culmination and all that stuff. You know, a quick trigger pull. It's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah Either uh, way, either way, it's sick. And, yeah, sure. uh, and so the question is, is that all right? I mean, I think it's, it's crazy. Well, wait, wait. Um, what I would say is, is, do you believe it's all right for somebody to kill themselves? I'm, my question is, should a person be able to... I understand what your question to... is. I've got a new question. My question is, should a person be able to kill themselves? Yes. Should a person, um, if a person wishes, so should they be able to delegate the power to kill themselves to someone else? As long as the party agrees, yes. Yeah. And should a person be able to earn money in order to feed their family? Um... That's completely up to the person. So, I think it's what was a, your question again, Andrew? It, it was basically, should a person be able to sell their life to another person in order to be killed to provide money or some other service to their family down the line? So I guess you just answered your own question. You agree that they should, right? And I, was, I would agree with you. Well, I, 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 I put the, the, the components of this question yeah. together. And, you know, as disturbing as I find this, and I certainly do find it right. disturbing, and I think that people should bring to light what when people are doing things like this, you know that uh, you know there should be news stories and video. And it reminds people talking me of the it, cannibal yeah, story. It reminds me of the cannibal story from Germany, where the you know the guy brought a victim over and they both consented. Uh, the guy consented to be being eaten, <laughs> being eaten by this guy, and all they, along the way. I mean, it wasn't right. like you know, sign this paper, you consent. I mean, this guy was actually cutting his flesh from like his leg and buttock, oh, and um, and Jeez. he kept on asking him on video whether or not he consented. I mean, this is as this sick is and weird as it all gets. And you know, do I feel bad that this weirdo ends up in in jail or prison? I haven't lost a, a wink of sleep. Over I don't it, think but, he deserves to be in prison. I. I mean, I think that's wrong. 
I think it's yeah, wrong, it but I haven't lost any sleep over oh, it. Okay, yeah, I haven't lost sleep over it either, but I think it's. I still feel bad for the guy. I mean, it's weird, but it's not my business. I don't feel bad. If, if I, you want to go and eat somebody and they consent to it, then whatever. Just make sure you clean up the mess. I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, it's disgusting. I'm just wondering what your guys' thought was on the whole personal consent on offering one up for death. Now, I think, um, uh, you know, death is something you can sell pretty easily. But I wonder about sort of servitude and, say, signing a contract for, you know, what, I'm poor and, you know, they want me in the, the salt mines for four years to, uh, to, to feed my family or whatever. And, you know, like you can sign something today, but in three years, you're going to be a different person in a different place. That's and can true. you really sell your, uh, you know, your future desires? And that's an interesting question to me, more so you, than your death, because, you know, I would assume you don't have a lot of uh, desires in the future once you're dead. Yeah, it, that does get into a trickier discussion, but I think ultimately you should be be free to make uh, detrimental choices in your life. I mean, I, can you sign up for a cell phone contract that lasts for multiple years? Yes, you yes, can. Yes, happens to me all the time. Right. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> Keep thanks. on making that mistake. Uh, do we answer your question? I think so. All right, man. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. You know, we can talk about the, the baby here and what happened to it. We'll bring that back around in the next hour. But since you brought up the Hunger Games, Mark, it's worth mentioning that this movie, uh, which I, I did see over the weekend, was number one. Uh, apparently, not just in the U.S., but worldwide, actually the uh, record setter for the biggest opening three-day weekend that is uh, a non-sequel. The biggest non-sequel opening weekend ever. Hmm. So it's only beaten out by The Dark Knight and something else. Something else out there. But uh, yeah. So Empire Strikes Back or something? Something like that. And I don't know if they're adjusting for inflation. I think usually in these uh, projections, uh, in these analyses, they don't. It's no fun to adjust for inflation on these things. And frankly, the inflation numbers stink anyway. So I think it's you know having the new one come along all the time. I think that yeah, that's but I think it's one a, of the very best things about inflation is that we can get that new greatest movie that comes out. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a crappy it's, reason for inflation, but well, I think it's reason. I think it's uh, it's interesting to look back and and see well what did Gone with the Wind make in today's dollars? Yeah. and I think when you actually do the you run the numbers. The last time I looked, maybe that's changed, uh, but the last time I looked, I thought it was Gone with the Wind. And maybe I can pull that up here uh, during the news break or something. We can verify that. But as far as what was the highest grossing movie of all time in today's dollars, mm-hmm. you go back in time. It, it was, you know, it was a long time ago. Yeah, well, one these others, if, these one other movies if aren't doing as near as well. Fair. I mean, there were fewer theaters at the time. Fewer films. Um, the, the 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 culture was less diverse. Uh, you have also a situation. Yeah, right. There's not as many movies running today. I would could it go be out, more fair to compare within the last thirty years rather than the last sixty or? I would say that's more fair. Yeah. I, mean, I just don't know. I think that it's a, it's it's always these all time greatest hitter in baseball. Well, you know, these people didn't have uh, antibiotics. They had mm-hmm. wars to fight. Uh, you know, there's all these reasons why they, they didn't understand nutrition in the same way. They didn't have uh, nutritional supplements that uh, increased performance. Just all these things uh, that make it different. I thought it was good, by the way, the the Hunger Games. It, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. We had a gentleman call up last week and just just speak very highly of uh, of the, the book series. It's a very liberty oriented book series that he voraciously read through uh, prior to, uh, I guess, giving it to his, his son or daughter in that case. Daughter. And 
that made me think, wow, you know, there's really going to be something to this uh, this movie from a Liberty perspective. And I have to say that, nah, it wasn't really there. I think Jason Talley made the most prescient observation, and that is that the, the main character doesn't actually initiate force throughout the entire film. And that was, I think, a useful observation. It's something I picked up on as I was watching it. But there was nothing really, you know, obvious about uh, themes of, of freedom. You could tell that these people were living in a kind of a dystopian future. They're not living in very good conditions. There's a, definitely class distinctions between the capital city and some of the outlying districts and you can see the oppressive forces they dress in white in this film the bad the bad guys dress in white uh, the cops do and you can see them oppressing people in a few scenes in the film and at, at one point there does seem to be some sort of an uprising happening in one of the districts but there's not really much surrounding it there's no real context uh, for it as far as you know what's what sparked it besides just What's anger and frustration. Right. And uh, so uh, word is that she foments some sort of a revolution in the second book. So maybe the, the second and third films will be much more of a straight up, you know, rebellious slash liberty message. Well, you know, the liberty message that's going to hit you may not be, you know, you, it, you don't want to make it too strong. You don't want to come on too strong initially. Well, I don't know. It just depends. Uh, I mean, Pleasantville was certainly you know, in your face with, uh, with, with what themes they had. More coming up here, so I'm looking forward to the next movies. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Still to come, we'll tell you more about a baby that was taken away from a mom in the hospital, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. That's about all I understand, because we didn't get very far into that story last hour. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything at 855-453. Uh, that is, again, toll-free here. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. We'll go right back into your phone calls. Crichton is uh, on the line listening in Louisville. Crichton, you're on for, uh, well, you are here in a moment. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. How's it going, guys? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to talk about the Hunger Games movie, since I was the one who called, back, called you in last week. Enthusiastic about it. Yeah. How did your you daughter like it? How did you like it? Well, I thought it was a wonderful action film. Yes. But it didn't really reflect the book well. Oh, really? They had to cut out too much of the the character development plot line. Yeah, to make it happens. Fit, and it was it's still two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good movie as an action film. But again, it like you said, it didn't really convey the philosophical underpinnings of the of the series. What uh, what would you feel like were some real glaring uh you know glaring I guess parts they meant left out? Well, they completely left out the part about um 
they they showed the main character hunting uh, to feed her family. Mm-hmm. What they didn't show is, is her engaging in an entire black market that existed in her district. Ooh. And uh, they didn't they didn't show anything about the 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 capital troops burning that place to the ground. You know, these kind of events did not even get alluded to in the movie. No, wait, they uh, burned uh, what place to the ground? Well, the market. They had an, like a black market and an, old, and an old coal warehouse. Gotcha. And, now, was well, that happening? Course, was this happening uh, in the past, or was it happening concurrent with her being in the games? Like, what part of the, part of the book does uh, does that happen? Well, the the market, uh, the part where she's involved in the marketplace occurs before she is uh, even even the selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part and, where she even gets involved in the. Uh, and so, and so day, then, uh, do they burn it down? Uh, at what point do they burn it down, and and what's the motivation for that? Well, actually, they they wouldn't have burned it down in the movie yet, uh, because that actually occurs in the next book. Oh, um, I see. Well, is there a possibility that maybe they will include that? I mean, is that is that like a significant event in the next book? Like you can't see them making the movie without including that, or do you think they can just overlook it? I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't. Uh, I, I, there were so many things that did not make it in the movie that I thought were pivotal. Well, I'm I'm glad to know this is relatively common when it comes to books to movies. Um, You know, I mean, the the book is a really long narrative and the movie has to fit into whatever time frame it has to fit into. How many pages is this book? Like a thousand pages or what is it? Uh, I'm not sure. It's it's a full size novel. Okay, wow. Full size novel can be two hundred pages, three hundred pages, can be seven hundred pages. But um, you know, one one thing that can be one way you can handle this is uh, Audible uh, will you know you can get the whole book on if you don't want to read a book you can listen to it uh, at audiblepodcast.com slash ftl you can go get Hunger Games for free um, and you know listen to it I mean augment the movie with the book so that uh, deal is still available Mark. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, sure. That's good to know. Uh, now, Crichton, so w- w- what would you give the movie as far as, uh, you know, five stars, or what, what do you get? What do you give it? Well, I'd probably give it three and a half or four. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. That's, um, that's kind of how I, I felt. I did, expect, I did expect that they would have to cut out some. Right. But, and they made, a good, they made a good action film out of it. I mean, I'll give them credit. They did make a decent film, if taken alone, but... It just didn't convey the same philosophical interesting conundrums that the main character faces. I have to say that my my initial reaction was like, well, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I was interested in the film. I thought it was good. Like you said, I'd, I'd probably give it four out of five because it kept my interest. I thought it was well made. I mean, the acting was good and it, it was well shot. I mean, it was a good movie. But the, the characters were interesting. You kind of got you cared about them, and uh, and, the, and the plot is unique uh, certainly. And and there's certainly more to come. One of the disappointments I had was that at the end there really wasn't much of a hint at what was to come. Like the the movie just kind of closes after the the games are done, and there's some sort of subtle suggestion that something further is going to happen, but it's not like a cliffhanger. It's nothing that really leaves you uh, looking forward to the next, if there is going to be another movie, and I presume there will be considering the huge box office uh, returns. Yeah, this <laughs> there's going to be another in. movie. And the, the crowd loved it, by the way. They applauded at the end of the film, so clearly, you know, people are very much into this particular series. 
And I think that's pretty cool. If, if there's all this, you know, these liberty themes that are involved here, then certainly this movie is going to sell more books and people are going to read those books. They're going to read about the black market. They're going to read about the, the things that you're saying were missing from this particular film. And who knows? This is maybe, why I like liberty and entertainment. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe those scenes hit the cutting room floor and maybe they were actually filmed and you'll see them in a three hour long uh, director's cut on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Maybe. Right. And any other thoughts you want to share? Not tonight. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. According to uh, one of our producers here, Syphes, he says the next two books do have more Liberty-type themes, but there's also a theme throughout the series of bread and circuses, the Hunger Games being the ultimate circus. So Certainly has that sound to it, right? Yeah, and I don't feel like we really spoiled anything in that particular discussion. Mark, you haven't seen the film yet, I haven't correct? seen it. I, I, you know, I may see it on video or something like that. But That's kind of how I felt about it after the fact. It's was... going to take a big deal to get me to the theater. Yeah. Now, Avengers, I'm going to be there on opening weekend, and I'm bringing my four-year-old. That's you know? nice. I'm glad that you can bring your four-year-old now instead of me, Mark. <laughs> you made me go to the last movie. What was it? Uh, Captain America. Captain America. Which, uh, this is another one Which of those situations I liked where... Uh, where you know you have a fanboy going to see a movie. I felt yeah. like it was four stars. It didn't, to me, it didn't Captain America. touch on everything that is the character Captain right. America. Because how, how could, could it? they in two hours? Uh, right. Um. You know. I mean, they didn't. They didn't touch on you know this guy and. Uh, you know, they they touched on what it was like to be transported into a new world and that kind of thing. But I, th- I feel like in Avengers, they'll flesh it out a little bit more. Um, at the same time, you know, this this is a guy that, uh, although he loves America, he has high ideals. And oftentimes the government does not live up to those ideals. And he will sometimes, uh, you know, get rid of the uh, the cowl of uh, Captain America and go off on his own and do other things. And, you know, you could do that all in one movie. So uh, there's another quote here, and I'm not sure if it's from the film. He says, I want to show they don't own me. If I'm going to die, I want to still be me. That's kind of a liberty-sounding theme, I suppose, or or quote. Uh, But really nothing like over – really nothing obvious I don't think it should be, frankly. I mean, I've – over and over again, I like the really subtle underlying ones, especially in the first of a series. You want to hook them. Yeah. And then draw them in. You don't want to give them some kind of huge speech on, uh, you know, fiat currencies and how they undermine, uh, you know, people's buying power and, 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 and well, allow to, governments to, to you know, p- perpetuate agree, ongoing You don't war. want to beat somebody over the head. I mean, that's what they try. I think that's what they do in that. Uh, I haven't seen the film and I'm not interested because it looks boring. Uh, the Atlas Shrugged movie. I've heard it's really dull. I don't know. Uh, I but, you know, that's, that's a book where there's a lot of speechifying going on, as I understand it. And, yeah, I can see that that would not be interesting uh, to people. That's not what I'm suggesting at all, Mark. I think that in a movie like Pleasantville, uh, they address some real serious issues in that film, and it's a they do it in a way that's very entertaining. So there are ways to get useful messages and themes into films. I mean, The Matrix, that was a huge mind-bender of yeah, a film. But-, but that was such a mind-bender of a film. Who knows what it meant? Um, I mean, because people well, are using has it their from, own- from evangelical Christians to libertarians to feminists. People use Matrix to describe Absolutely. everything as and an that's, analogy. That's, that's a good film because it's you know it's a piece of art. It stands on its own. The filmmakers had their intentions, whatever they are. And whatever the viewer, they were. And then the viewer gets to extrapolate or place their own uh, particular viewpoint or look for it or whatever. The, you know, whatever the, each individual sees is going to be a different story. But I love the idea that people can take, you know, there's this real world and then there's this underlying thing that's going on that's really what's important and what's happening and everybody can use it.
talking about the Matrix? Yeah, the Matrix. It's a, it's it's an incredible analogy for so many belief systems. Right, and that, you know they did that in one film. You know, they I think that they address some really important themes in that in that film. And I didn't see that in the Hunger Games, as uh, Crichton said. It was a good action film, for sure. And the characters, you know, I cared about them. So I think it was overall a success, but it was no Pleasantville, and it was no The Matrix. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, you like your action flicks, Mars. Or come up, free talk live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want via our toll-free number, 855-453-FREE. Welcome to share your thoughts on The Hunger Games, the number one movie in the country and probably the whole world at this point. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's huge. It's a huge opening. It really is. And I, I saw think those numbers, great. 200-something million worldwide. dollar. Worldwide. 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 Over opening. 150 in the U.S. It's just incredible. So 855-453-FREE is the toll-free number here. Uh, You're certainly welcome to share your thoughts on that or bring up absolutely anything that you want. And I I, I am looking forward to the remaining Hunger Games films. I just don't know. I'll I'll have to make a decision on the trailer as to whether or not I want to see them in the the theaters. Because that was one of the things I said to myself afterwards. Well, I could have waited for the the DVD Blu-ray on this one. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital currency. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service that you've got to abide by. They're completely open source. They can uh, You can download the free bitcoin software and be using them just a few minutes. With bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. And everybody should go see this video. Weusecoins.org. Bitcoins are likely to change the internet and likely to change the world, and you need to know about them. You want to know about them ahead of time. Weusecoins.org. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you have Bitcoin. You can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash in any major bank. They've just done a ma- whole overhaul on their website. BitInstant.com. Go check it out. Buy your Bitcoins with cash. BitInstant.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE. Uh, once again, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're going to continue a story here that uh, you started in the last hour, Mark, to bring our listeners up to speed. It uh, was a lady who was giving birth. She ended up giving birth in the ambulance, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Is that right? And it was pretty much right in the hospital parking lot, I guess, at that point, that the hospital folks took the baby from her. They took her. They checked her in. And she was getting shot up with something, and she asked them, whoa, what is that? And they said, oh, you need it. It's going to help you. And they went ahead and shot her up with it. Kind of got us off into a side discussion on hospitals and how unresponsive they are to consumer demands and asking questions and getting good answers in some cases because of lack of incentive. We never got to finish the story here. So uh, what's the rest? Eventually, a physician told Jody, that's the mother, um, her baby scored a nine on a physical exam applied to newborns known as the APGA. Or the APGAR, I guess, test, um, which where a score of eight or higher is considered healthy. But then another doctor said the baby was very sick and would need to stay in the hospital. 
Continuing uh, the back and forth, another hospital staffer then said the baby was uh, doing good, but was uh, followed several hours later by a worker who told the couple their baby must stay in the hospital for 48 to 72 hours. The law requires us to keep the baby for 48 hours, they were told, according to the um, this is a homeschooling legal defense uh, organization here, um, which is helping them out. And there is uh, no law, no such law in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I love often you'll get this uh, when dealing with people, you know, telling you how you have to good conduct business with them. The law says, you know, it's against the law. Whatever. I've washed my hands of it. We can't affect it. Just right. And whether that's true or not, I mean, you know, what is the government getting into your business for um, and, you know, transactions? And B, you know, because they have these laws, people can just say anything. Nobody knows what the laws are. How in the world could you know whether or not when somebody says it's illegal, how could you possibly know what they're saying is true? Right. How would they know? Because they don't, they're they not lawyers. They can't read it. Um, and frankly, when you get three lawyers in a room to read one law, you're liable to get three different opinions on what it says. And so that's why these laws have to be vetted by the courts and all these other things to decide what it means. And usually, it means they're far more overreaching than they were intended to be in the first place. So you know, one of the the the, the drawbacks of just people just abdicating responsibility to governments. Ultimately, the uh, hospital risk management staff member admitted that the risk that uh, was being managed was not the health of the child, but the risk that the hospital might get sued if something went wrong after the baby was released. Mm-hmm. Then, according to the uh, this um, homeschool legal defense organization, a um, government social worker named Angelica Lopez Hirgi came into Jody's room announcing that she was there to conduct an investigation. Uh-oh. Jody asked to know the allegations. The social worker claimed that it would be against the law for her to show Jody the allegations. Hmm. Sorry, you cannot know what the secret allegations are against you. And if I don't answer your questions? Jody replied that she would not be comfortable answering the questions if she couldn't know the allegations. Immediately, the social worker proclaimed, since you're not going to cooperate, I'll just go and call the police and we can take the custody of the baby. Wow. Oh, boy. Mix-ups. The mix-ups just wouldn't quit. When Jody said she was cooperating, the social worker implied the issue was Jody's refusal to consent to a vitamin K shot for the baby. Jody replied that no one had asked her about such a shot. Moreover, she had overheard hospital staffers saying that they had already given Annie such a shot. Annie's not really the name of the baby. That's just a name they've uh, given for the story. Gotcha. And then when uh, Scott left the hospital to tend to their, uh, to their older children, hospital officials demanded permission to give Annie a hepatitis B shot. Chances are pretty good. She doesn't have it. Hmm. Jody said that she would agree only if they tested her or Annie to see if either of them were positive. If so, then she was quite willing to have the shot for Annie. The hospital claimed that they had forgotten about this earlier when it was uh, still possible to do the test that day and that they needed to give the shot anyway without any testing. A lot of people don't like the idea of giving vaccinations to their children, this this regime of vaccinations that go on um, without sort of need. Regiment? Yes. Re- regiment? Okay. Maybe I used the wrong word. Whatever. Okay. People don't like it. Um, I, you know, hepatitis C? How's this baby going to get it? Oh, if the mom doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. It's just a vaccination, just another thing to give. And by the way, you know, a lot of times they want to give you booster vaccinations later in life. So why give it to a newborn anyway? Does it make any sense? 
So um, I can understand why people are uncomfortable with that. And I can understand why hospitals want to vaccinate everybody because, you know, they think it's the best way to prevent the spread of these uh, these diseases and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, you know, my concern is, is my concern isn't for the human race. My concern is for my child individually. And I don't know and no one can know what all the effects of these vaccines are. And I, what I do know is that the uh, companies that make these vaccines aren't responsible they you cannot sue them so therefore they're not responsible for their actions i don't like that uh perverse incentive so you know that's Indeed. how i feel about that so this this social worker comes in she's basically saying yeah you better answer my questions we're going to take your baby and then what yeah uh, jody asked if she could uh, wait until her husband returned in order to make this decision um regarding the hepatitis b shot mm-hmm. um c shot i'm not sure which one it is uh, hepatitis b excuse me uh, put yourself in jody's shoes uh, for a moment here from the um the homeschool legal defense association i believe is what it's called mm-hmm. um Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, it's if you gave birth that morning in an ambulance, the hospital has made wild and conflicting claims about your baby's health all day long. You're exhausted. You're in pain. Your husband has gone to check on your children, and a social worker has uh, threatened to take your uh, baby into police custody. Is standing in your hospital room demanding that you make an immediate decision. Then he reported. The story turns ugly. Oh, boy. The social worker. <laughs> Was left, it ugly enough? Yeah. Left the room, called the police. Without a court order, they took custody of Annie, oh, immediately man. claiming that she was suffering from illness or injury, a patently false claim. The social worker consented to the administration um, of the hepatitis B shot, even though no blood test had been done. The police made uh, Jody Ferris get up out of her hospital bed. She had just given birth, escorted her to the entrance. She was expelled her from the hospital. Wow. And... And she had not signed, apparently, the uh, the safety plan. She was escorted off the grounds. And she had been told that she could re- return every uh, three hours to nurse the baby. So the couple was oh forced goodness. to uh, spend the night in the car in the parking lot of a nearby Walmart. More coming up here at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll free line. Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Free Talk Live, the program where you're allowed to call in, talk about anything. 855-450-FREE. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. 1-855-450-3733 is the toll-free number to get you through here. And you can, again, take control of the airwaves. You can also join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. We've got the mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone, you can go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com and get quick access to our live streams and the podcast right there at m.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can do it. Uh, SACL CAI is uh, backed by Jason Osborne, big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live, has been for a very long time. And uh, when you give your business to SACL CAI, you can trust that your clients will be handled in an efficient, respectful manner. You can go see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. I've been to their offices and, uh, you know, they really do have state-of-the-art equipment and, uh, you know, they, they, they handle business like you would want it. SACL CAI. 
All right, so we're going to get right back into your phone calls here in a moment, but just the remainder of the story here of a woman who gave birth to her, was it son? The daughter. Her daughter. And uh, in the in the hospital parking lot, in an ambulance, they take her into the hospital, they take the baby away as they do with all parents, but they start coming back with weird, conflicting statements about the health of the baby, and then uh, eventually a social worker comes in and starts an investigation, uh, She uh, because the mom allegedly won't take some sort of a vitamin K shot or something like that, uh, and the mom was clueless about this, she doesn't recall, she said that she thought they already gave her the shot, etc., so there's clearly some miscommunication some confusion going on and mom doesn't really like the idea she's being investigated but the woman threatens to take her child away if she doesn't cooperate right so she begins to cooperate and then they take the kid away anyway that yeah, th- that's right they the the social worker called the police they took the kid away they gave she wouldn't take a vaccine or something like that it's not that she wouldn't take a vaccine she asked some questions she wanted she to wait sure yes she wanted to wait like 18 hours until they could do a test to see whether or not they needed the vaccine for hepatitis b got it and, and that wasn't good enough for this bureaucrat. No. and then she asked can i wait until i can talk to my husband she calls uh, the cops in. They take the baby. Then they evict her from the hospital. But they kick out a, a woman her, who just gave birth. And right. you know, having done this, I don't. You know, for folks who don't know what it's like, I didn't give birth. I had a wife who gave birth. And you know, talk about. I, I'm talking about a resilient and healthy woman that my wife was. I, she was beat up. So it sounds like a real brutal process. And so they kick her out into the parking lot. But they tell her you have to come back every three, three hours, hours to nurse to nurse the baby. Well, that she so didn't they have had to, to sit out. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was an obligation on on her part. I don't think it's an obligation to nurse. She probably could have uh, let the hospital give the baby Similac gotcha. or something like that. Okay, the way it read, it sounded but like this she is had important to, stay out there. to her. I mean, yeah. she had a midwife, and there was a situation going on. She ended up at the hospital. So, see, so, so she's in the parking lot with her husband all night long. No, not in the, car. the parking lot of the hospital. She has to go by to a nearby Walmart. She's not allowed oh, in the see. parking lot unless she's coming back to feed the baby. Right, she's just allowed for that purpose. So it's she crazy. Even, yeah, it's absolutely insane. What else do we insane. need to know? So they, they, they kick the mother out of the hospital in order to be uh, close enough to feed her child. She had to sleep in the car. Uh, a hearing the next morning returned the baby to her parents immediately. Hmm. So this shows that even you know the government felt like the government bureaucrats were way out of control here. And I, I, what I think is important for people to understand is this isn't a rogue uh, H, uh, you know, Health and Human Services employee. Mm-hmm. These cops were called, and they have discretion in this situation as to whether or not this woman has acted legally. True. They could have said, wait a minute, lady, you're out of line. We're not going to well, do this. Right. I mean, you know, they she could say she could say, well, what's the immediate um, you know, what what's the, the, the child suffering from illness or injury? Tell us about this. They could have asked questions. These cops had that ability, but they used the force of the state to get in and get out. What's the fastest way to take care of this problem? I really don't care what happens to my customers. Whatever. Let's get this done. And. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going through their mind, but this is what I'm imagining. And they sided with this woman. The court immediately returned custody. So this Thank shows that these, these cops made the wrong decision. There's supposed to be checks and balances, but, but they, there's nothing like checks right, and balances. They won't be held accountable for it. Right. You don't even know who they are. I mean, you know, what? how much pay did these people get docked? How much pay Nothing. did the cops get docked? How much did the, the HRS employee Nothing. get docked? They're right, on this, they're right back on the job. Who got fired over no, this? No one. She just 
I mean, Thank goodness her child is back. It I mean, would that, be important. It could be a lot worse. It would be important to me for my child not to have gotten those vaccines and those shots. Mm-hmm. My child didn't get any of those things. And that's because you didn't go to a hospital. It's so true. If it's but really that I important, I almost did, Ian. Really. Absolutely. Why? There was well, there was some minor complications, and I an ambulance see. was called, and uh, you know that that, that <laughs> fortunately Jack was born before the uh, ambulance show, showed up. Oh wow! And you know that showed just how quickly it was taken care of. But you know this could have happened to anybody. This she intended she intended to give birth outside of a hospital. Oh, she, she had did? this all planned. Okay. Yes, and so so there were complications with her too. Is what you're saying? Is why she uh, went to the hospital? Well, at the very least, it was early, and the midwife said to go to the hospital. So I don't know uh, whether the midwife didn't feel comfortable. If she was out of town in Bimini, I got no idea as to why that uh, is the case. And, you know, I didn't give you that kind of backstory. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you decided to go to the hospital and give birth in the hospital because you didn't know about these other options or whatever. And you didn't want your child to get a hepatitis B shot without being tested for hepatitis B, or you didn't want him to get a vitamin K shot or whatever. When I went to the hospital, I saw this big sign on the wall that said, in New Hampshire, you must do this, 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 and this when you give birth. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know what this is. And I asked the hospital about it. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's optional. Must doesn't sound optional yeah. to me. But that's what they Maybe said. it's the legal definition. Yeah, whatever. Do what they want. I just... Well, I'm glad she got her baby back because it could have been a lot worse. It could have been worse, certainly, but this is horrifying in itself. Right, we're right. It's an indicator of how bad things can be and how frightening this must be. I mean, can you imagine? You think this is going to be one of the most joyous days of your life? I mean, as difficult as it might be, it's ultimately supposed to be pretty exciting for folks, and then they have the baby stolen by some officious bureaucrat? Yeah. That's really outrageous. uh, Well, it's outrageous that there's nothing done either. Of course not. Nothing. Well, what what are you going to do? Stop paying taxes? Then they're going to steal no, your home I'm from you. I'm talking about the government immediately returns the baby to the parents. Oh, uh, clearly, right. you mean the government doing nothing to itself? Right. Yeah. I mean, the government should should immediately everybody who is involved with this should be fired for what they're doing. I mean, they've stepped way out of line and they should not have done it. This could have caused terrible things for this family. Everyone, the cops that came and this bureaucrat should be fired, and that's the end of the story, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but they don't have the incentives to do that because they're going to get the money from you whether or not oh, they do what you want. You their to, unions would uh, get them reinstated even if you did fire them. Let's talk to Josh listening in Madison. Josh, are you really listening on the radio tonight? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually, for the last uh, few minutes, here have been listening on the phone. but <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that we were on. Uh, that's interesting. You're, you're listening to uh, the mic, 92.1 in Madison? That's right. Yep, my wow. favorite station. <laughs> cool. I didn't know we were on during the week. That's uh, that's pretty exciting. I wonder what's going on over yep. there. That's, that's good news. Anyway, go ahead. Yep, every night on my way home from work. You know, I do have a quick wow. uh, FDR quote for you regarding that whole situation. And uh, one of my favorite ones, he says, uh, there are as many opinions, there are as many experts as there are opinions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show you put some power in the hands of an everyday human being like right. us and things get messed up like that. Well, right. But Humans I make mistakes, to... even ones with fancy degrees. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I wanted to speak on the Trayvon Martin case, not about the racial um, issue, even though we do know that it is obviously um, found in racism. But um, one of the things I wanted to bring up that I don't feel has been talked about enough is the fact that the NRA, along with ALEC, and I'm not sure which one of them actually crafted the law and which one sponsored it, but those two together I know were huge proponents of that law. Who's the, um, the I know who the NRA is. Law. I know who the NRA is. What was the other organization? 
Um, I believe it's Alec American. Uh, it's like a, a, a ALEC. It's a group that writes laws for politicians that don't know what the hell they're doing and just want to have a Republican agenda. Well, thank goodness we uh, got that. Well, okay, so uh, tell but, me more. Are you talking about the law, the Stand Your Ground uh, laws? Is that what you're yeah, referring to? I, I feel that people maybe, you know, of course it's horrible that racism was involved, but they need to also focus on the fact that we've got a law on the books that makes it legal to murder somebody. I would like to talk more about this here in a moment. If you can stick with us, I'd like to bring you back, Josh. More with uh, Josh here, hopefully. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, some more news has come out about the uh, Trayvon Martin case, and we can give you some updates on uh, that as well. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. whatever you want, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, where the features await you for free. You can enjoy the site across the board. Cost you nothing. But it does cost us money to run the site. So if you'd like to send a few bucks our way, you can do that. You can shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. And when you start your shopping experience through the links that you'll see there, the different Amazon links for different countries, click into the right Amazon for you and get your shopping taken care of. You can order the Hunger Games, for instance, or whatever other uh, books or movies or groceries. They carry all kinds of stuff over at Amazon. Uh, Just start your shopping experience through our links at shop.freetalklive.com. And when you do that, Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. Once again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Josh, listening in Madison, allegedly to the Mike 92.1 WXXM. And I have to say, Josh, I'm I'm shocked to hear this. Is it possible you're making a mistake? Like you're saying we're on every single night of the week there? I thought we were only on Saturday nights in, in Madison. I thought they were carrying Tom Hartman during the week at nights. Oh, um, you know what? You're right. I forgot. I do usually listen to it on Saturday nights on the way home, but it was on there tonight. I swear to God. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Well, maybe there's maybe well, somebody pulled the wrong switch at the station. Free uh, Talk Live's flexible, and we uh, certainly uh, you know are welcome anybody to carry us when they right. want. Right. Sometimes the station will uh, have somebody not show up to work, or their you know their regular guy will take a night off, and they'll they'll plug Free Talk Live in without letting us know, and then we all of a sudden get random calls from there, and it's it's wonderful. <laughs> Fine. So uh, glad that you're out there. Now we were talking about the uh, Trayvon Martin situation down in uh, Sanford, Florida. We discussed this quite a bit on Saturday night. And one of the things that you were expressing concern over, you mentioned racism. And uh, well, I'm wondering... Think, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think everybody is kind of deciding that they feel there's a, you know, a racist undertone to what uh, to to the shooter. What do you have uh, to say to the allegations that? And I don't know, you know, I don't know Trayvon, and I don't know the shooter. But what do you have to say to the allegations that uh, he was allegedly like? Wasn't he involved in, like Big Brothers Big Sisters or something? Somehow like mentoring to uh, to black youth or something like that? Didn't I hear that? Mark, yeah, did you yeah. Hear there's that? all kinds of stories. You know that is possible. I I haven't heard that just yet. Um, but 
I mean, um, the main point of uh, my call was to kind of get away from talking about the racism aspect of the ordeal and more about the standard ground law and why that was put into place and who put it in place. And I wanted to get your personal opinion on um, does that law, you feel it protects the freedom of the gun owner in a situation like this, or do you feel that it uh, makes it... um, uh, well, basically, I don't know how to explain this question, but the way, the way I feel about it is that the NRA and um, ALEC and other um, conservative groups that were working on this law to put it together wanted to make it so that less murders were tied together with gun crimes. And I feel that uh, any time an unarmed person is shot, um, that is a gun crime, whether it be considered murder or not. That is using overwhelming force that was not needed in that situation. Well, there's a situation in Chicago right now where a burglar was breaking into an old man's house. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so if a burglar is unarmed, now try to imagine, and you sound like a young man, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm moving from that young man to that old man <laughs> um, area in my life. And I can tell you that there's a difference between being 25 or, you know, 18 and being 70 and it's that you know you are totally outclassed that person is armed in your world because they just are unarmed if right the unarmed 18 year old versus the armed 70 year old is uh you know i mean the 18 year old is armed he's armed with a much better body and this old man apparently shot a uh burglar i don't have the facts sitting right here he was 80 i thought i thought he was fine i'm just i'm just coming up with a number Um, 80 year old guy shoots a i think an unarmed burglar coming into his house and then they both get charged um the old man for you know illegal discharge of a firearm because he's in chicago right in chicago and the young guy for um you know breaking into the house and committing burglary and i think that each one of these instances has their own uh you know that that everything matters right like i don't think that if somebody's uh you know taking your television set and they're running down your driveway that popping a cap in the back of their head is the most appropriate way to handle that situation i feel like you've done something wrong um i wouldn't do that to me it's a lot better to just call my insurance company and get a new tv set um than it is to just kill a man but you never know i mean somebody could say to themselves well this guy is you know maybe maybe burglary today armed burglary tomorrow home invasions the next day and who knows what this person's about and who you whom you may have saved from a clear uh, you know, criminal um, by well, I mean that's some crazy rationale. I agree. I'm, I agree with you. I'm just saying that you know different people look at these situations differently. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't like the idea of just uh, carrying around a gun for my protection. But who knows? Maybe someday I will think it's a good idea if I've received death threats because you know I'm on the radio or something like that. You never know what a person's individual um, situation is. And with this Trayvon case, we find out more and more news every day. What seemed like an open and shut case of uh, of bigotry and racism early on has turned into a much murkier situation. Well, I don't and, know like, about reminds the reminds me of the Duke lacrosse uh, uh, case. I, I don't know about the racist claims. And like Josh said, we're not here. To nec- he's not here to necessarily talk about that. But there is an update on the case from rollingout.com where it turns out this George Zimmerman. Guess what? He's the son of a judge. Mm. 
Robert Zimmerman, a former Orange County magistrate judge, wrote a letter to the Orlando Sentinel defending his son. Uh, and in the letter, he asked people not to jump to conclusions, insists his son didn't follow the boy home. But, of course, he wasn't there, so what the hell does he know? Uh, the media says here that, uh, according to records search on George, he was previously arrested for domestic violence, resisting an officer without violence, and resisting an officer with violence, which is a felony charge. Turns out that those charges were dropped. Two of them were dropped because he agreed to plead guilty to one of them. And uh, according to the story, he completed a pretrial diversion program. So in this case, you you know you may have a man with a history of uh, leaning towards violence as a solution to his problems. Apparently, Trayvon, uh, according to some of his Twitter feeds, might have just swung on his uh, bus driver too. So you may have two men with a history of violence. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, when you have a law in place that um, doesn't require either of these men to back down. In a confrontation like that, um, maybe that's part of the reason why we had this whole outcome in the first place. Uh, Do you think that if you – okay, so uh, let's – let me start from uh, basic principles here. Do you think a person should be able to possess a tool to defend themselves? Definitely, and I'm 100% gun right. Okay. Uh, He had every right to have that gun on him. I just think that there's – When do you pull it? I was just going to say, I think there should be something in place where he's required to announce the fact that he has a gun, to announce the fact that he's going to use it, and to if you're, if you're in the middle of the fight, how can you investigation in place to decide whether or not that person that he shot was rightfully shot? Well, if you're in the middle of a fight, how can you announce anything? Right. I mean, it's looking like Trayvon, you know, a a one of the possible scenarios of what happened, and none of us know, is that Trayvon was on top of this guy, punching him in the face and smashing his head against the sidewalk. But it also looks like Trayvon was afraid of this who guy who, right. was fo- but, who was I mean, following I'm, him. I'm, I'm only talking about should you at that point be announcing that you have a gun on you while you're getting your head smashed into the pavement? How many more smashings of your head into the pavement do you need to uh, to deal with? Which one? I mean, <laughs> which one of these is going to rattle your brain and leave you uh, a vegetable? or kill you, you know, I I think that each one of these instances needs to be looked at individually is is kind of how I feel on this. Right, and besides that, I mean, who really knows? I couldn't tell you that at age 17 I would have known anything about the stand-your-ground law. (laughs) It's not like Trayvon was aware necessarily of what the law says. Right, the law should encapsulate what's right, not give people a set of strictures on how to operate in a particular instance. I don't know if we've sufficiently really uh, as far you know, as I'm concerned if somebody if, if you are have been legitimately threatened with your life your life has been threatened I don't think there's a problem with using a gun to defend yourself I don't either but I think the problem comes into the into play where we can't get the truth right and, so uh, like what, here's if, what if I don't what we're like. going on is what the living person says then it, it becomes a really murky issue if there are a bunch of witnesses around and video cameras around then maybe it's easier to to make a determination as to what the actual truth is. How many is. instances with guns would have been solved with rubber bullets instead of uh, lead ones? I just wonder about this. What I mean, mean, is it nine that? out of ten times that you have that you have to pull a gun and use it on somebody that rubber
rubber bullets would have been sufficient to handle the situation, whereas lead bullets weren't necessarily what was needed. I see where you're coming from. I just kind of wonder. Where it wouldn't necessarily be lethal, but enough to stop an attack? Yeah. Like bruise, give somebody a bruise? Just don't like the finality of a lethal weapon. I'm with you there. It it makes me uncomfortable, too. Josh, thanks for bringing that up tonight, and uh, glad to hear that we're on uh, in Madison tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. Thanks. We're on the way. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Plenty of time for your thoughts. Coming up here in hour number three, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com. Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. Plenty of time for your thoughts about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are awaiting you there tonight. It's Ian and Mark. Once again, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. Uh, still to come here tonight, plenty of stuff on the table to discuss. Uh, we've gone into the Trayvon Martin situation, giving you an update on that. But coming up, uh, sort of a, to th- continue the theme of self-immolation, we started the show out tonight talking about a self-immolation case from New Delhi. But there is actually a case of self-immolation, sort of, involving the chicken man. And we'll explain to you what that's all about here if we get a chance. But first, we go to your phone calls and your thoughts Let's talk to Barry, listening in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Barry, you're listening to WNMT. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. It's uh, Barry from WTTW Radio. And you're talking about Trayvon Martin. And the one I haven't really heard it come up yet. It's one of my far-fetched ideas to look out for. But the thing with the community watch, and it scares me that that's in there that, you know, maybe, like, look out in the future for legislation in the way of getting more official sources into running the community watches and maybe Homeland Security will have to be involved. Mm. And we can't have people doing this on their own because we have these incidents like this. And so just kind of a lookout. And the other thing is... That's, well, before you go on with the other thing, that's an interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting bit of speculation because Absolutely. Uh, you know the idea would be that, well, we need to get the professionals involved here, right? And, uh, of course, if you actually go and you look at the news, you can see the que- there are a lot of questions surrounding the Zimmerman and uh, Trayvon uh, Martin case. But one thing that we know for sure is that there are plenty of racist cops and there are plenty of cops who get away with murder 
who get away with with uh, with arson. They get away with destroying people's property and destroying people's lives. And the media doesn't bat an eye at that. In most cases, the media doesn't question anything coming from the police. So really, would that help anything at all to uh, to get the police involved in something? No, right. well, not he's, at all. he's not suggesting that that would be. I know the that. Case. I'm, I'm talking it, about yeah. the issue though no. that he brings up because it's a, it's an interesting yeah. bit of speculation I haven't heard yet regarding this. What what could come out of this I, from the government? Go ahead. I think I think uh, specifically the police would probably not be the place to go because that's like the antithesis of of the community watch is is the reason probably we have community watches because people probably didn't trust the police or the mm-hmm. police weren't doing their job in the first place. I think the more the bigger thing to look out for is the ever expanding Goliathon of you know homeland security and just things associated with that because. I could see them very easily moving in and saying, you know, we need to we need to be a part of this, or at least at first it'll be like, we'll have a guy who comes around and you sign up for the community watch through us, and we'll check on you, and and then maybe we'll license you, and then maybe we'll, you know, we'll you'll have to get uh, licensing from us for your members to have a gun, even though you already probably had that right. And the other thing with the, with the Trayvon Martin situation uh, is the, just that, that you know they're talking about this law, the stand your ground law. And it's really interesting to hear people talk about that back and forth, but. It just gives people this impression, which I believe is false, uh, that they need a law to defend themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and that's, it's sad that things have gone that way, but it, it is that way because there are so many laws prohibiting uh, in different different ways in which one can defend oneself that people eventually feel like, well, we need a law to make contend, it clear when we yeah. can. I contend that's imaginary. And the case in question clearly demonstrates the imaginary nature of that notion. When you say it's, it's imaginary, it's, what do you mean? It's, it's imaginary that a law changes any of this. And like you said, Trayvon Martin, did he know about the law? He didn't know about the law. <laughs> the other guy probably knew about the law because he's in the community watch. But, mm-hmm. you know, the law, the, it's like the anarchist in court, uh, as told by Utah Phillips. He said, Judge, what good are your laws? Good people don't need them and the bad people don't follow them. That's a great point. So true. Thanks for sharing those thoughts, Barry. Anything else on your mind tonight? Oh, no, that's about it. Uh, anytime. Uh, I'll, I'll talk again soon. Thanks, Appreciate guys. your comments. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, once again, 855-450-3733. We've got a situation like that here in New Hampshire where there's been a proposal on the table to clarify, have a law that makes it clear that you can record the police. As though you need a law to... Make it clear that you should be able to record government employees. Apparently you do. Government employees have arrested all kinds of people right. and confiscated their cameras here in New Hampshire and around around the uh, the country. So- Our friend uh, Damo Freeman from coplock.org was in court today being arraigned on three felony wiretapping charges because he recorded uh, some government bureaucrats over the phone when he was calling them for the specific purpose of interviewing them. About being recorded on the phone and said that he was uh, part of the press, right? He said he was – I think he said he was doing an interview and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's putting together um, some sort of a piece. Uh, but I, I, haven't, I haven't heard the actual call, so I, I can't really s- say that necessarily is the case. But it was in reference to the case where the high school student got his head head bashed against a table by a cop uh, in the lunchroom, and that was caught on video by someone who was standing in that same lunchroom. That's what he was calling those bureaucrats mm-hmm. to ask them about. And it's just sad, and I completely agree with his observation, that caller's observation, is that it's sad that there has to be laws passed for this. But like you're saying, Mark, these government bureaucrats will do whatever they want. They interpret the laws however they it's want the to. It's the best kind of law, in my opinion, which is one that limits the government. The uh, government's legislators pass a law with certain intentions. Then the government bureaucrats 
do whatever they do that law in a certain way which usually re- results in them doing whatever they want more power uh and so they so the intentions are different right so the legislators pass it for a certain reason the government bureaucrats use the law in a, in a different way and then ultimately the courts will interpret it in a in a third third way and then even and even then it doesn't even end then because once one court interprets the law then you can appeal it to the next court and you go up to the supreme court the supreme court comes down with a ruling on it, but even that doesn't change right. anything. There's all kinds of Supreme Court rulings that the government doesn't even seem to... Uh, they ignore it. Yeah. So if the police department hears about this new Supreme Court ruling, like there's the Glick decision out of uh, Boston. By the way, Glick was awarded like $170,000 for uh, the, the police arresting him and, and you know giving him a tough time over recording them mm-hmm. in public. Uh, so you know that's a pretty big spanking for the, the police department in that case. But of course, it's the taxpayers that pay, not the actual individual officers. They're not, they're not actually liable for making those payments. So there's no real significant uh, punishment for them in any way, shape, or form. And if the police continue to behave poorly, if the police attack the next person they see with a video camera, then that person has to go through all the court processes to try to get the same courts to agree with the other court. And it right. just it in doesn't the case work. Of the, in the case of the Glick decision, they specifically said, look, we've ruled on this. And they gave the big punitive damages to Glick because they had ruled on it. But they, they, they the, did it anyway. The police departments across the country don't care. They say, you pull out a camera and we'll do whatever the heck we want. And we'll get away with it almost every do. time. Because not... In most cases, the people they're harassing for video camera use aren't lawyers. Right. Simon well, Glick happened to be a lawyer. And, and the punitive damages don't go to the police officers that do the arresting. They don't go to the, uh, the, the police department. they're not assigned to them? Well, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, if the, those police officers violated a ruling by those judges, they should have their pay docked or they should be fired or some kind of punishment should happen to them. But it doesn't. And the police departments that back them up, they at that point, they've emotionally sided with the officer. They decide the officer's right, so they don't punish the officer. The police department doesn't – it doesn't come out of their budget. It comes just from the taxpayers. You and I – or the people of that whatever municipality or state or whatever designation, political entity, uh, they're the ones that have to pay for the mistakes of their bureaucrats. And they're not their bureaucrats because their bureaucrats will do anything they want and their bureaucrats will throw them in jail for videotaping it. It's insane. Your thoughts are welcome at 855-450-FREE. You can also bring up anything that's on your mind. Coming up, we'll tell you about the chicken man and how he ended up committing suicide. But first, it's Chris. Listening in Indiana, Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Chris, guys. What's, hey, what's on your mind tonight? All right, I got a quote here. One death is a tragedy and one million is a statistic. Right. By Joseph Stalin. Stalin. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys both know that quote. I'm sure everybody out there knows that quote. Now, this whole Trayvon Martin thing, this is this just completely battles my mind. Because, I mean, I, I know it's not one million people, but... This one death, it is a tragedy, but I mean, uh, you got all of this racial genocide of the black Libyans going on over in Libya. And Hold that thought, every- Chris. We're going to come back to you here. You can uh, make the remainder of your point and share your thoughts with us at 855-453-free and our audience and you, 855-450-3733. You can also take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. 
I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, the toll-free number here for you to take control of these airwaves, 855-453. That's, once again, SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that. And if you're a lady listener, get involved over at the Shrine with, uh, with the details there, shrine.freetalklive.com. If you've ever been in a situation where you felt like you've been the victim of an injustice and decided that, well, you're not going to do anything about it because it just costs too much um, to deal with attorneys and the court system and all that stuff, consider jurisdictionary. Jurisdictionary is a course for people who don't have attorneys or for people who have attorneys and need to keep an eye on what they're doing. Arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. If you don't know these rules, how to make motions, how to you know uh, get evidence when, upon what uh, grounds one makes objections. If you don't know those rules, you're fighting in the dark and you're not going to likely not going to win. Um, your chances go up dramatically if you use jurisdictionary. It gives it's it's basically the civics course you should have had in high school. Works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. In fact, courts around the world that use the English common law system cost less than an hour with any good attorney. And the four CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. You can go to jurisdictionary.com. They've got all kinds of free tools there for you. It's a real resource if you're um, you know looking to deal with the the court system. It's jurisdictionary.com. When you check out. Out, use the pull down menu to let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live, jurisdictionary.com. All right, 855 450 free. As we continue here, Chris is listening in Indiana. Chris, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hi, I was mentioning that quote by Justice Stalin one death is a tragedy and one million is a statistic. Well, this, is, this applies directly to the situation with Trayvon Martin right now because, I mean, that's a tragic thing, yes, but you know. That is such such a tragedy. But then when you talk about the Libyans, the black genocide going on over there, thirty to 40,000 dead, it's just a statistic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I haven't even heard about it. So, you know, that you goes to show. It? You talk about Al-Qaeda Libya? Rebels, the Al-Qaeda rebels that are propped up, basically, by us over here. And, yeah, it is us. Our tax money is funding this. They are just lining up black Libyans over there and slaughtering them. Thirty to 40,000 already. But that's just a statistic, you know. But this huge Trayvon Martin thing, that one person, it's a tragedy, yeah. Well, it's that's funny a, how the, the media, I think your perspective is uh, is accurate on this. It's, it's funny how the media works. They just pick some story for whatever reason and they run with it hard well, all the way to it, the max. If it excites people in some way. Well, it, I see you know what I think it's just a distraction from the economic collapse, the police state, the socialized health care, the NDAA, the inflation, the oil prices, all the wars. It's just a huge distraction to get groups 
quote-unquote groups, we're all individuals. I don't think of us as all in groups. I think we're all individuals. It's just it's groups to just bounce off one another, and it's big divide-and-conquer technique that's ancient. And it's just a huge ancient technique they're using to run with it, like you guys said. It's ridiculous. One person dies, and yes, that's tragic, but you got this thirty to 40,000 black Libyans being genocidally murdered over there at the hands of us. Or how about the 40,000 yes. How about the forty thousand police raids that happen right here in this country, which, of course, yeah, are making Totally agree with that, too. And they just completely ignore all – like that guy that got shot with uh, – in that subway, and he was he was on a stomach handcuffed, shot in the back. Yeah, the in San Francisco, the bar cop. He was on his knees. He only gets one year in jail, and that's, that's it. Right. That's it. And it's ridiculous, and, they, and ridiculous. they they do not even pay one bit of attention to this stuff. It's on video, documented, hundred percent. They don't even pay one. Well, the Bart cop situation did get some. It did get some attention, but I think in general, I don't think it's gotten the Trayvon uh, Martin. No, certainly not. And in general, the uh, the attention that is given to police abuse stories is very, very minimal in comparison to the the Trayvon Martin story. And many of those stories are just as bad, if not worse, than the Trayvon Martin story. So it really, I think, what it comes down to is the media is a bunch of chickens, and they aren't willing to take on the state because they rely too much on the state's uh, spokespeople for. For news stories and information and, co- and quotes and commentary. And if they are in any way critical of the police department, then they're going to get cut off from their feed from the public information officer. And so, therefore, they're not going to look as good, I guess, in the eyes of uh, the, what, you know, what they consider their viewers versus the competition, which is getting comments from the police. And so they tiptoe and toe the line, and nobody ever really gets asked a tough question as a result of that. Exactly. Yeah, and they'll get fired if you talk about it. Hey, I, but. You know, I, I had a uh, subject I was going to talk about. I called in about, you know, 30 minutes ago, and I was listening, and you guys were on that subject, so I just want to chime in on that. But just to uh, change the subject just a little bit to the um, police on how I, I, me and a friend were talking earlier today, and here in Indiana, on our license plates, we, believe it or not, have barcodes. It's kind of like the number of the beast, quote-unquote. But anyway, uh, we were talking, and we were, a question came up. We were just wondering... When it comes to license plate reading, if you or any of your listeners out there know, is there a when police scan a license plate, do they have all the license plate information on a CD or hard drive, or is there some kind of like built-in cloud within their police department locally? Uh, lots of police departments have internet access in their cars, so they're they're sending data over a laptop. Uh, yeah, I would think terminal. so. So that's how they look up that information, and they are linked uh, together via certain national databases, as I understand it. Yeah, that was a, just a question, because if that was the case, then people could possibly hack into that. Is that, I mean, I, I'm not a hacker. I'm, I'm just it's certainly, po- like, it's oh, certainly sure, possible. people can hack into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that, right. If that, uh, if that wireless signal is, is present, then uh, certainly the, the people with the know-how and the tools could do that. I mean, there was a story recently, LulzSec is back. Uh, by the way, you talk, talking about hacktivists, uh, Lulsec has returned, and I believe Lulsec was the group that claimed responsibility for taking down Sony uh, last year, which was a huge deal. And uh, Lulsec has apparently reformed, or sp- someone calling themselves Lulsec. Well, this is the internet, right? Is, uh, is back. Somebody and with a V mask calling themselves Lulsec. The, B, uh, the big news uh, with their return is that they have cracked into a military dating site and released the name, <laughs> usernames, passwords, 
email addresses. Release the full database for all the usernames on this particular site. So uh, a lot of these people, you know, dot .mil email addresses, uh-huh. folks going into this, uh, this military dating site. And, of course, plenty of people use uh, similar emails and passwords on various different sites. So all of this information can be used to try to crack into these people's accounts in, in other places. Uh, so who knows what they can do when it comes to the police departments. We've certainly seen groups like uh, LulzSec and, uh, and Anonymous and other folks uh, that, that have been posting emails from police departments. They've, they've hacked emails or they've hacked uh, websites and they've taken down sites. And so, yeah, that would be a very interesting thing for them to get their fingers into and, and uh, do a little monkey wrenching. Chris, thanks for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And as it turns out with a lot of these government agencies – they're not as secure as they might like you to think that they oh, are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's banks tend to be a lot more secure than these government agencies. If you yeah. get, if people get into banks and hack banks, most of the time it's a lost laptop with the information on it, or it's somebody who on essentially has had their well, they've had their their stuff hacked, like they you know their password is password or something. Yeah, I see what you come, where you come from there, or they've been socially engineered. Socially engineered, that's the terminology. All right, more coming up here at eight five five. 450 free coming up the chicken man destroys his own life and we'll explain what happened it's free talk live in every age a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel the printing press the internet now in a world sliding into financial chaos a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world it is called bitcoin Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here via the toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line joining you tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. Once again, 1-855-450-3733. And we invite you over to our website. You can get signed up for news updates, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you. All free news.freetalklive.com coming up here in about hmm, less than three months coming up very soon actually sooner than you might think the porcupine freedom festival 2012 we will be there as will hundreds of like-minded liberty-oriented people enjoying themselves at uh, rogers campground in northern new hampshire right in the middle of june so june 18th through the 24th is when it's happening it's a whole week long And whether you can make it for just the week or maybe you can only come up for the weekend, make your plans to be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. If you've ever considered moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to join together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, or if you just want to spend the week with some really cool folks that love liberty, uh, this is the place to do it. There's nothing like... The Porcupine Freedom Festival out there. Uh, it's got everything from you know the standard sort of camping activities to uh, family fun events. Mark, what were some family fun things that you uh, heard about last year? Well, you know, my son was uh, younger, so there were a lot of crafts and kids' games and things like that. They had the, the you know the kids' Olympics, and the, but there was also sort of for the older kids. Once you get a little older, there was uh, humans versus zombies, which was this game that was played with what squirt guns. 
Mm, yes. And that went on, you know, for they seem to do their own impromptu games at that point. And it's amazing how many sort of different festivals went on within the festival. Sure. I mean, there's uh, there's people that are partying, there's families that are having family things, and it's just a blast. So you can do whatever floats your boat, whether you're there alone or as a couple or with a family. There's things to do. Yep. And uh, everything lots of from, great food. Right. Everything from campfires to cook-offs to, uh, you know, eating, lots of different options for people are, are cooking food there without government permission. So there's plenty of agorism going on where people are just doing business without asking for any permits or anything like that, which I always find fun. Of course, we're broadcasting live. There's going to be live musical events. Uh, there's going to be yet another one of the uh, roasts. They're having another roast. They're this roasting year. Chris Lawless this year. That's right. Who is the organizer of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, or excuse me, organizer of the uh, the Liberty Forum? Great activist, really busy guy. And uh, so there's so much that's going to happen. Go to porkfest.com, get signed up, get the early bird discount. P o r c f e s t dot com. June uh, June 18th through 24th. You don't want to miss this. It just keeps getting better year after year. So, we continue with you and your thoughts. We'll go to the phones in the fun. Zach, listening in Florida. Uh, Zach, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Yeah, before I get to my point, I am coming up for Porkfest. Excellent. I am a signer for the Free State Project. I'm moving up as soon as possible. Fantastic. So, go ahead with your thoughts. I'm just calling about the Trayvon Martin case and how that ties in with the the non-aggression principle and, like, when it's okay retaliate against someone you feel is aggressing against you. Because in Trayvon's case, I mean, I think with how everything turned out, it seemed that obviously he knew he was being followed by this sketchy guy. So it would appear. And he might have thought that, you know, he was going to get mugged or robbed or something. Mm -hmm. Because it kind of looks really suspicious when someone's following you for that long. Well, I don't know that you mugged or robbed by a guy that was following you slowly in a uh, pickup truck. I don't know. That sounds strange. I well, mean, you don't know anything, Mark. I mean, it's it, all kinds of paranoid thoughts can go through your head if that's what's happening. Do you, to do you. you have? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't fit the uh, the mugging uh, profile, right? I mean, like it's what it fits is some overzealous person who believes that they're imbued with some kind of authority. If only that know. authority is based on age. But he doesn't know about that, right? Like he just sees some creepy guy in a, in a truck. Lots of people him. believe that they get authority simply based on age. I see what you're saying. I mean, I you know, as a as well, a kid at the sidewalk, he was being followed in the car first and then on foot. Right. Yeah, and I you've mean, got a guy so that's twice like, yourself. It was just like, yeah, kind of. I mean, from his perspective, that could seem really. I mean, he's by himself. He doesn't have anyone. Yeah, you know, it's threatening. So he runs and hides, and then he sees the guy. It's threatening, do? sure. Yeah. So I just, just don't think I it mean, fits the mugging profile. And is it okay? Like, but even when he gets attacked, is it okay for him to use deadly force against him? You know, like you can always. I don't know. I don't know if that constitutes. So. I guess that this is the the question, it, and you, we don't know what happened, right? The story keeps on changing yeah. over time, and I'm going to work with the narrative where uh, Trayvon was hiding behind, uh, you know, some part of the building, jumps out and attacks this guy as he's going by. Whether he, you know, the guy has a chance to see him or not, I don't know what the what the specifics are. None of us do, but. Don't you think that he's initiated force by jumping out and uh, attacking this guy, even though he felt threatened by him? That's what I'm. That's really where the line is drawn. Yep. Where, like, who who initiated the force? You know, in Trayvon's perspective, I don't know. I don't want to stereotype, but when you're that age, you're more prone. Like in school, like you would more, you'd be more likely to retaliate against somebody like that. 
and he's in that kind of mindset, you know? That may be like true, but the, the other guy's only 28. I mean, there's plenty of actually, uh, jacked up... Something uh, that came out recently... Say what? Is uh, Trayvon's YouTube account came out recently. Mm-hmm. That's there, yeah. so... He's seeing and what and, uh, seeming yeah, pretty tough. films people fighting. Like, it's just like two fight videos at school where he's like talking in the background. Yeah. Well, I think your your analysis is correct. Certainly young men are more prone to violence than older men, but 28 isn't that isn't that much, you know. I mean, 28 is still pretty young all things considered as far as uh, G- George Zimmerman is concerned. And mm-hmm. of course, we also shared with you that uh, Zimmerman had a, a history, a criminal history of uh, domestic he's been charged with domestic violence and attacking uh, resisting an officer with violence. So it looks like his daddy helped get him off of those charges, and daddy happens to be a former Orange County magistrate judge. So we may be dealing with two individuals who have a proclivity toward being violent, and uh, what happened when the two of them were were, placed in the same vicinity as uh, as one another. But I agree with you that uh, Trayvon should not have attacked this man, if that's indeed what happened, and that's not for sure right now. Uh, If if he did attack him, he shouldn't have. That that, uh, continued the cycle of violence. But I think it was certainly pulling at a camera and saying, hey, what are you doing? Why are you following me? Aren't you really kind of weird? That would have been more effective for sure. Um, But I think that uh, Zimmerman is certainly at fault for putting him in a position where he may have been afraid and may have felt like that it was okay to uh, to what he might have considered retaliate against an intimidating potential attacker or get the jump on someone that he felt was uh, was attacking. I'm not saying it was right, but I am saying that Zimmerman put him in that uh, that position by being creepy and uh, and following him. Yeah, it shouldn't be a surprise when you go around scaring people that someone nags back. Exactly right. Anything else you want to share, Zach? Um, that's really it. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you and see you at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Let's talk to Frank, listening in New York City. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Frank. Good. Well, the activity, the talk down here is the half a billion dollar mega millions, the the biggest jackpot in history, and Hmm. everyone's sort of focused on that. They say it may get up to 640 million by Friday night. But getting back to the uh, Glick case, What's interesting about that is that he was an attorney who was fully aware of uh, the law when he did the videotaping, I guess, uh, Mm -hmm. several years ago and was arrested. And they had a very good judge in that case uh, in Massachusetts who was able to actually uh, confront, you know, the district attorney and the police department saying, do we want to continue to to spend, you know, millions of dollars appealing this case and going through it, or do we want to, you know... uh, follow the laws that exist. And there are very few courageous judges now, especially regarding issues, the First Amendment and, uh, you know, the Constitutional Bill of Rights that have been abrogated, you know, since uh, Homeland Security Act 1 and 2, the Patriot Act, I'm sorry, Patriot Act 1 and 2, Homeland Security Act, uh, the Military Commissions Act, and then most recently the uh, Defense Appropriations Act of uh, December of uh, last year. So in a sense, I think we need to commend that judge for his insight regarding the law, and uh, we need more judges like that, Agreed. as opposed to those that have been appointed. That's all I want to say tonight, guys. Frank, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing Bye-bye. from you at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The Chicken Man! How did he kill himself? Why? We'll explain. And I'd who is he? This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? 
ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. is Free Talk Live. Moments remain here. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now to 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website as well at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Three bucks a month is all the amp program costs. And it's $3 a month that makes a big difference for us because at three bucks... We can take and combine with other people's $3 and then use that to buy ads and uh, reach out to other radio stations and help bring new stations on board, which means more new people will come across the ideas of liberty. And you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, AMP-only forum. Get all the details over at amp.freetalklive.com. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. So we will circle back around to where we began tonight, which was self-immolation. And we were talking about how in... Uh, India, New Delhi, there was a man who immolated himself a couple days ago. He ended up dying in the hospital and uh, you know, severely burned. And there's a, just a stunning photograph that you'll, you'll be able to see later on tonight over at bbs.freetalklive.com in the show prep section. But now we were talking about how in the U.S. when somebody self-immolates, it just doesn't have the same mass media effect. Like, for instance, we saw this story about the New, uh, the New Delhi Piece, that's half a world away. Yeah, and it's as if the press in this country says, "Look how messed up it is around the rest of the world. People are right. setting themselves on fire." But when people set themselves on fire in this country, they say to themselves, "Look at this." If, if they say anything, they say, "Well, it's just the crazy. crazy person." And I think that uh, the guy who set himself on fire here in our little uh, town of uh, Keene, New Hampshire, was to some extent. Kind of crazy. Well, like he was pushed he, to the edge. Right. He he was he had lost it, and he was talking about violence, and he wanted people to set the the courthouse on fire. And, uh, and I don't agree with uh, with his perspective, but I understand why he did what he did. I understand how frust- frustrated he was, and how screwed up the the court system is. So there was some a lot I could agree with with what he said, but I didn't agree with his uh, his chosen suggested solution. Like he wanted other people to to burn the courthouse down. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that burning. I mean, if you're ready to set yourself is... on fire and you think that burning down a courthouse is the solution, why didn't you burn down the courthouse? Yeah, it's, it's weird. So, but all that aside, I don't think violence is. No, the I solution. don't think it is either. I, I think just... though that somebody setting themselves on fire is a very, very significant thing, and we should pay attention when someone does that, and we should ask why, and look very carefully into the reasons. And thankfully, the guy that uh, set himself on fire here left a lengthy. Uh, suicide note so we know exactly what his his reasoning was we know exactly what he was trying to do but the media doesn't want to uh to play this out and whatever that is whatever the reason is for it maybe it's because they just think he's crazy it's it's easy to write him off write these people off as as nut jobs or maybe it's because they're complicit with the government and trying to paint this picture of everything's okay here and we just want to shove the help the government shove this under the rug because around here the local government guys refuse to release any video or photographs yeah. of the uh, the death scene and that's not because I didn't I, 
when I ask for those, because I ask for them, uh, when I ask for those, it's not because I want to engage in being morbid or I want to uh, to pander to the lowest common denominator. It's because I feel like this guy killed himself in a public manner because he wanted people to see. He wanted people to know. But if you announce it in advance, someone's going to show up. They're going to have a fire hose ready, so they're gonna, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, but he wanted people to know. That's why he did it in public. He didn't do it inside the privacy of his own home. He did it so he could be seen and make a statement. And to me, that's justification enough to release this. Their excuse was that – Oh, well, some members of the family don't want it released, so therefore they have an overriding interest and uh, you don't get to see anything. Click. And so what they basically did was, you know, they found family members that were friendly to the state and they, uh, they, they put them on their side and the judges ruled in their favor. And so no one gets to see this video footage. It's, it's right. gone, allegedly. So the, the clear and obvious wishes of the, the, the guy who set himself on fire are overwrought Have by, been spat on. Right. Uh, by the by person. family. Yeah, by somebody in the family. And, you know, no doubt there are people in the family that don't want this seen, but, you know, that were si- that would side with the government. I mean, right. this isn't. It's his life. It doesn't belong to his mother. It doesn't belong to his ex-wife. It doesn't belong to his kids. As nice as those people might be, those people have not one bit of uh, legitimacy stepping in here. So let me tell you another story. This one is fresh. This out of uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Raw Story. .com. A Roswell, Georgia man who fought with the city over his right to keep chickens on his suburban property blew himself up at his house today. Uh, this is from a few days ago, March actually uh, yesterday. The home of the man, Andrew Wardis, was in foreclosure. Investigators believe he poured gasoline all over the house and set it on fire rather than be evicted. Mm. A body was found in the house after the fire. Wardis started raising chil- uh, chickens on his one-acre property in 2005. An acre? Acre's pretty big. That, yep. that means his uh, neighbors aren't right next door. They haven't mentioned roosters yet. This, chickens, roosters, two different things. Well, this habit led to several confrontations with the city, which soon passed laws making roosters illegal. Okay. The money Wardis spent on on the I chicken. I gotta say, man, you know, if you're in a suburban area with a, an acre an acre of property and you've got a rooster, you're going to have some unhappy neighbors. Do you think they're using the term chickens interchangeably here for roosters? Uh, well, you know, yes, a, a, a chickens and roosters together are referred to as chickens. As chickens. Roosters gotcha. are referred to roosters and chickens are referred to as chickens. So yes. So I mean, hens the, would probably be the most appropriate way to refer to female chickens. The money that Ward has spent on his chickens and the legal battles may have contributed to his failure to make payments on his home. This morning, Ward has called a news reporter for a local TV station and told him to come to the house. Soon thereafter, the police arrived to evict him. Alexa Stevens and Patrick Fox of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution report as follows, saying that marshals informed the 53-year-old Wardis three weeks ago that he would be evicted and then arrived on uh, at his home at about 1045 on Monday with the Fulton County Marshal's office. Wardis refused to come out or allow anyone entry. Officers tried to speak to him through the front closed door and a window. During the two-hour standoff, Wardis was in contact with Channel 2 Action News. Uh, their reporter, Mike Pechnik, who was outside the residence, he said Wardis called him Monday morning and told him to come to the house. And with Channel, 2 tr- uh, with Channel 2's truck sitting outside his home, Wardis told Pe- Pechnik to tell the marshals to get off of his property. And then once he advised us to leave his property, we retreated, according to one of the cops, apparently. And that's when the explosion happened. Among Wardis's last words to Pechnik were, I appreciate everything, brother. I appreciate everything you've done. I can't tell you what's going to happen. He said, it ain't pretty, though. Moments later, an explosion rocked the house. Mm. 
And apparently the video is available at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. But this man pushed to the edge by the city government who were refusing to allow him the freedom of raising animals on his own property. Well, and this is one of those tough... took his own life over this. I, I agree with, you know, I agree that he was pushed to the limit, but this is one of those tough situations. I mean, in the absence of a marketplace where people can choose to live together in small groups that uh, have, you know, sort of rules like a, uh, you know, a homeowners association or something like that, we have often zoning rules, different different zones within a city, and they decide what you can do in different places. These people, and that's not okay. Zoning people, is terrible. I understand there's problems with zoning, but there are problems with homeowners associations too, but you consider those to be completely legitimate. Because people volunteer to get into them. In this people case, do voluntarily the buy their after, houses where they buy their houses. In this case, they pass the law after the fact. I understand. I got gotcha. you. Right. Uh, but, you know, what? What if there are no roosters in that neighborhood and then you bring a rooster in to a neighborhood, it's going to be upsetting. Try to imagine what this is like for a second, Ian. Imagine your next door neighbor gets a rooster. Um, you hate that uh, alarm that goes off in the middle of the city at all hours of the day and night when the cops feel like going by. Um, right, but it's okay because the city's running that alarm, right, so absolutely. it's fine with but them. These roosters are going to go off literally every 5 to 15 minutes in the morning, mm-hmm. starting at 4 a.m., okay? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, what <laughs> Look, Mark, if you don't like it, then buy a property in a deed-restricted neighborhood where no roosters are allowed. This is your solution to it, but problem. these people bought property where there were, where there were no roosters. The and market they... can solve this problem. If you, if you want to plan for you should plan for the future of what could possibly happen. And if your neighbors being loud is an issue, whether it's a rooster or some guy getting out with a weed whacker at 7 in the morning, so, uh, then you should be— But it's reasonable ins- to call the cops if your neighbor's being loud, Right. I think that if you have a some sort of a, a I guess a contract is, you want to bring to court, then is, that's fine. Well, is is being loud an initiation of force? Some could argue that it is. Right. Then buying a rooster is being loud. Okay, but it, then it just depends on when you can be loud. Is it a, an initiation? It is not of force? okay to be loud at four a.m. Well, well, wait a minute. What if I work the overnight shift and I'm trying to sleep during the middle of the day? Do I have less rights than the average person? Is there, should I be able to call the police because someone's mowing their lawn while I'm trying to get a you know go to sleep at three in the afternoon? At the very least, when you bought your house, you knew that people were going to mow their lawn at three in the afternoon. I mean, at least you knew that. That's something you stepped into the, the situation understanding. I've had a lot of houses in suburban and ur- more urban areas. I mean, you know, the, the regular you know, sort of houses with lots. If my neighbors got roosters, it would drive me bananas. I see where you're coming from, Mark, which is why I say that all properties should be privately, uh, privately owned. And then you should be able to get into agreements with your neighbors about what is and what is not appropriate. So if you want to live in a place where people are very controlled and how much noise they can make, you should be able to live in that place. But you should think about those things in advance and buy your property right. appropriately. So that's Ian's philosophy. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. I can truthfully say that verbalsurgery.com, best daggum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. Verbalsurgery.com gets inside of my brain, massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some verbalsurgery.com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? 
It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year, it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? <laughs> what doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Hmm, that's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest.